God-given purpose. So without further ado, who's ready for the word of God this morning? Let's all rise to our feet as we welcome our pastor, Jacob Palmer. Woo! Hey, how good is Jackie? Wow. You want to stay up here? Come on. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Pastor Jonathan and Dyson, their love. Who's excited for the new year? Who's exciting for 21 days, right? We're good. Hey, y'all can take your seat. Worship team, thank you so much. Love you guys. You may be seated. But uh, no, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm fired up for the new year. You know, the new year for me, although I will disclaimer, yeah, we are what, nine days into the year? But it's still, it's still the new year, right? This is the second Sunday. The first Sunday came like really quick, you know. The excitement of New Year is like, boom, it was Sunday. So this is officially, for me, the first Sunday of the New Year. So I'm excited for the New Year. I hope you are too. You know, I love the New Year. It's one of my favorite times of the year. It, it really is. It's one of the times it's like ending on a high note, being together with family and friends and just celebrating. It's, it's prepping for new beginnings. It's planning. It's excitement. It's execution. It's new. It's seasons. It's just there's a buzz that I love about entering into the new year. Um, you know, anyone with me on that? Right? We're excited about that. You know, how many people make New Year's resolutions? Is that still a thing? That's still a thing? You know, I, I used to hear in the past, like, people, hey, I'm making all these New Year's resolutions, you know, and, and so I looked up a list, and I thought it'd be kind of interesting to look up a list on the most common New Year's resolutions. Are you ready? To get healthier? How many people want to get healthier, right? We all do, right? Start exercising maybe, change your diet, do something different. How about make more money? A lot of people's New Year's resolution is, I want to make more money in life. I want to make more money in this next year. I'm excited to. Maybe it's saving money. Maybe it's getting out of debt. Maybe it's like, hey, I got debt. I want to make more money so I could save it, but then I could pay off debt, right? Maybe it's starting something new like a hobby or a business. Maybe finding a new job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? Um, Maybe it's to read more. You know, I got a funny story, actually, about this. <laughs> Just popped into my head, actually. Don't ask me why. But I had a friend one year. This was, like, years ago, you know, when everyone would go on Facebook or social media and to just put their New Year's resolutions out. And I had a buddy. His name, he hopefully is not watching. His name's Brandon. And he put on his uh, Facebook that he was going to read 100 books this year. 100 books. And I remember all the people roasting him in the comments, but I, I, I was generally like, heck yeah, maybe he's got a plan, maybe he's mapped it out, you know, I'm going to do like five books a month, or I'm going to be a speed reader, or maybe I'm considering reading two and listening to three, like, I don't know, but it was funny because, you know, like three or four months later, you know, if somebody comments on it later down the road, it pops back up to the beginning of the feed, so somebody commented on it like three months later, hey Brandon, how's that hundred books going? And it was like, oh, my gosh. But, again, we just got to set those New Year's resolutions, right? Um, I mean, I, I remember going into uh, New Year's and setting all kinds of resolutions that, you know, a lot of the times I didn't keep. So, um, But I can remember one New Year specifically. You know, as I said, I'm really excited and fired up when it comes to the New Year. At the end of the year, you know, I, I do what's called the – the, the freeway on-ramp method. You know what that is? I'll explain it to you really quick. It's like this. You don't want to start something on the first of the year and just expect that that's going to be like 
set in stone, that habit, that, that desire that you want, it's just going to be there. You're just going to, hey, it's January 1st, I'm going to start eating healthy. The first week, somebody shows up to a party and there's pizza, you're like, well, I'm really hungry, I haven't eaten lunch, so I'm going to go ahead and eat that pizza. So what I do is this, I call it the freeway on-ramp method. You know when you're merging onto a freeway, you're merging into a pace of traffic, you don't just start and you have to like step on the gas pedal to get on the freeway, right? The on-ramps are always long. And they're all, you, you know, you come on and you kind of meander your way onto the freeway and there's a lane that keeps you going onto the road and that allows you to gain speed as you're coming up with the flow of traffic. So what I do is I try to start prepping my mind and my year in November, in October. Like, what do I want next year? What am I looking to achieve next year? What is it that I want to do? I want to start making those habits known prior to the new year. So as we ease into the new year, that I'm already kind of putting myself at the pace of traffic. You're welcome. I'll take uh, donations at the door for that. But I can remember this year was 2014. We were leading in to a new year. We were so excited for what God had in store for, for 2015. And Brittany and I at that point in time found out we were expecting at that time our second child. And, you know, excitement was beyond us at that time. You know, we had Paxton. We had one kid. We were excited. You know, we, we sat down and began to think about all the things that we wanted to accomplish. We were trying to name our year. You know, we hired a photographer to come take photos because we were planning on pr putting, uh, there's going to be a photo of this going up, but we were planning on uh, getting a baby announcement. We wrapped them in frames for our family for a Christmas present. So there it is right there. That's Paxton when he was, I don't know, he was probably three years old there. So we got these photos done, and it says, uh, you can't see it very good, but it says, every superhero needs a sidekick, summer of 2015. So we were excited because most of the birthdays in our family are in December. So one of the things that we were most excited about was like, Thank you, Jesus. We don't have another birthday in December. Let's go. That way it's away from Christmas and all the crazy stuff. But um, and as we we gave our families these plaques of announcements, everyone was excited. We were pumped up going into 2015 was going to be the best year. New kid, new life, all that. Well, then comes January 1st, 2015. You know, Brittany, we wake up. We're excited for the new year. She wasn't feeling good. Not because we were partying the night before, because she was pregnant. And generally speaking, you know, when you're pregnant, you don't feel good the next day. And uh, she wasn't feeling good. So, you know, it was, yeah, you're pregnant, morning sickness, the whole thing. So as the day progressed, she began to feel worse. There began to be cramping, which eventually led into some spotting. And uh, after hours of watching Brittany in pain, I was finally like, no, we got, we got to go. Let's go to the hospital. I don't even care. I was a nervous wreck. I'm pacing around the house like, all right, how you feeling now? Every five seconds, how you feeling now? <laughs> how you feeling now? And she's like, leave me alone. I don't feel good. Like nothing's changing. So I finally got her to go to the hospital. So we go to the hospital. And again, this is 2015, pre uh, what it is like today to go to a hospital. So we sat in the ER for hours, what it felt like, you know. And as we drove to the hospital, we were prayerful. But we're also content in understanding that God knows the end from the beginning. He knows and has a plan for our lives and a purpose for our lives. So no matter what, we were comfortable with the outcome of what was going to happen. Although we were praying with fervor and might, we were praying that God was going to pull us through this. We were praying that God was going to pull a miracle out. And, you know, to say the least, we sat in the hospital for hours and hours and hours. They took us back. We got testing done and we waited more hours. I mean, I think we finally left there. You know, maybe the next day, it was like four in the, 
four in the morning. And uh, we unfortunately did get the devastating news that we had lost the baby. Um, and I remember just Brittany and I sat there. We wept. We, you know, we, like they say in the Old Testament, like we ripped our garments and poured ashes on our head. We did all that stuff in the hospital. But then as soon as we kind of let it out, we stood up. And as we got to walk out of the hospital, we kind of looked at each other. And we were at peace. We were at peace. We were hurt, but we were at peace. You know, we understood that God will pull purpose out of any situation. That God's end, or, or that end is not the end. That God has more day, better days ahead of us. And, you know, I remember hearing this in my mind as we were in the hospital, as we were leaving the hospital. I remember, I don't know where I heard this. I don't know who quoted this. I didn't make this up. But it, it says this, tough people last, but tough times don't. Tough people last, but tough times don't. So I remember telling myself, I got to be tough because tough times don't last. I got to be the man in this situation. I got to lead my family in this situation. So today's message is centered around Isaiah 43, which says this. But forget all of that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers and dry wastelands. Father God, we just come and we just stand before you this morning, God, as we've already launched onto this new year, God. I just pray this morning, God, that, that you will anoint this word, God, that you will prepare the soils of people's hearts, Father, for this year, God. And we know that we are living in dramatic times, God, but I just pray that I provide something, God, that you've breathed on, that you've provided for me to share, God, as a conduit to your people, God, that I bring something this morning that will encourage people to have the best year yet, Lord, and we know that you are doing a new thing, God, and we see it and we believe it. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, church, can, can, I, get a, can I get an amen this morning? Amen. Hey, I want to encourage you today that there is a spiritual shift that's getting ready to happen this year. God is about to do something new and exciting in your life in 2022. God has not brought you this far just to leave you. As Isaiah was speaking, he said that he was going to do a new thing. God didn't bring the Israelites into the wilderness just to leave them. You got to forget the past. It is nothing compared to the blessing that's coming in 2022. God is already working. He is already moving. He is already prepping things. He's already arranging the pieces behind the scenes. Right now as we speak, whether you know it or not, he is moving. He is making a way. He is preparing the soils. He is moving mountains. He is working in your heart, in your spirit, in your lives, in your situations, in your circumstances. Who's ready to receive that this year? Come on. Yes. Participation is, is highly encouraged this morning. Galatians 6 and 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. It is your due season, church. It is your due season. Chains of addiction are going to fall off this year. Chains of anxiety will be broken this year. Depression is going to be replaced with joy. Finance is going to come. Come on, who needs finance in here, right? God is about to open the windows of heaven over this church. People will be healed. You just need to believe it. You need to believe it. You need to say, God, I believe it. This is my due season for blessing. And if you're ready, look to your neighbor and say, I am ready. Come on, say, I am ready. All right, let's get started. Let's get started for real now. This is the real message. So to make this your best year yet, it always comes back to your why. Why are you doing what you're doing? 
Why are you waking up in the morning? What's driving you? What's motivating you? What gets you out of bed? What gets you excited to put on your, 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 your bottoms and your tops and your boots and your shoes and walk out that front door at 5 in the morning? What is that? You know, motivation is great. Willpower is awesome. But when you line your, the desires of your heart with your passion into a deeply rooted commitment, nothing is impossible, says the Lord. Come on, amen. And I say commitment because it's something that you are committed to. Even when the excitement of the new year wears off, even when the excitement of starting something new wears down, and as the days progress, it's like the dog days of summer come, and, you know, the, the fast is going well, and, but you start getting hungry, and you're like, oh, my gosh, and you're going you're gonna to be like um, Jacob's brother and sell off, your, sell off your birthrights just for a cup of, come on, it's just making sure you guys are paying attention. Hey, but this is two-sided for me. You know, my, my why is fulfilling my purpose in Christ, being a conduit or a vessel to help better further his kingdom however he directs me, and then obviously it's my family is what gets me up. It's serving God. It's doing those things. And as we enter into the new year, I want to encourage you to think about that, to write that down, to, to really di dissect, like, what is my passion? What is it that I want? What is it that I'm trying to get out of life? What is it? And I'm going to help you with some steps today that will kind of maybe help you um, discover that or maybe help you start this year in the right foot. So what I did is I broke down the word start because we are starting a new year into an acronym which is S-T-A-R-T, and I think I spelled that right, I hope. But the first one is this. We start the new year. We start the new year by stopping. We start it by stopping. Well, Jacob, what do you mean? Stopping what? We start the new year by stopping, to pause, to reflect, to say la on all that God is doing, right? And we start by doing our 20, we start by stopping by by starting with our 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's an appetite-denying discipline that's going to lead you and slow you down and pull the things that our flesh is yearning for so that you can hear God, you can feel God, you can sense God's presence more. you got to stop speaking defeat over your situation, your circumstances, your lives. you got to stop speaking uh, defeat over everything that you want and everywhere you want. you got to stop listening to defeat. Your life will ultimately move in the direction of your words and your thoughts. Your words will pave the way for the future, whether it's good or bad. God, God said, and I love in, in this verse, he says, this is what the Amplified Version says, I will even put a road in the wilderness. Are you paving the road in the wilderness with, with encouragement, with exciting words, with life-giving words, or are you speaking defeat? Speak life always. So we want to speak life into this year. We want to speak the things that we want to see into existence. Ephesians 4.29 says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may be beneficial for those who listen. Then he says this in Psalms. He says, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over my door and my lips. Speak life Always. Speak life always. I'm going to give you a bonus S just because for me this was something that resonates with my why. And that's serving. That's serving. I feel that God has put 
uh, uh, purpose on my life to be a servant to people. You know, I heard this, and I believe Robert F. Kennedy said it. Service to many leads to greatness. Service to many leads to greatness. Jesus says it best, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And that's in Mark 10. When you serve God, God will ultimately serve you. Serving brings joy. It takes your eyes off of your situation. It takes eyes off of the things of you, and it puts them on others. Serving brings out your purpose. Like I just said, serving brought out my purpose. Once I begin to serve, my life began to change dramatically. It really showed me my true purpose and which led me to standing right here right now. And no, Jacob, what do you mean serve? Like, can you elaborate on that? And I'm not talking about like, hey, I want you to be here at 6 a.m. to sweep the parking lot and to serve in God's house. Serving is however that you feel that you're going to serve. Hey, maybe you want to serve at an old person's home or, or uh, a preschool or you want to serve at a, a, a gym or whatever. Serving at church, you know, we, what we do every week. You know what we do every week that there's an opportunity for you to serve in? We go out into the community. Even though you're serving with church, you're serving the community. We go out into the community. Pastor Reno runs what's called Food with Love. We've been doing it here for 10 years. We go out into the community and we provide food for people that need it. Every week, these people line up by the hundreds to accept food that we've purchased, that we've gotten donated, that we've taken, that we go out, we pack into bags, and we hand out to them. That's serving. No matter what it is that, that has you or drives you to want to serve, find it out. Figure it out. I'm encouraging you to serve. I know what I'm saying is God has done a miracle and work in my life by serving. His house does need you, though. If you like kids... We could use you in kids. If you know how to play an instrument or sing, hey, we can use you. I mean, I've been trying for a long time. Pastor Dye put me on the spot the other day. But um, if there was no one here serving every Sunday, how would we get in? Would the lights be on? Would there be nice things up on the board? Would there be people, beautiful people up here singing? By the way, there is a girl in black over here. Somebody can give me your number. No, I'm just kidding. Ah. But most importantly, serving is an investment in yourself. Proverbs 11 says, one person gives freely, yet another one gains even more. T, tracking with me? T, T is taking inventory of your life. But forget all of that. I like what it says in the Good News translation. It says this, but the Lord says, do not cling to things of the past or dwell on things that happened long ago. Do not cling to things. You got to forget all the negativity. You got to you got to detoxify your life, friends. Just to be real. You got to detoxify your life from the negativity. You got to take inventory on what's going into you because what goes into you ultimately comes out of you. So you got to take an inventory. You know, for one thing I've always said and I've said this for years and you know, it's been a polarizing few years, but I I've detoxified my life from the news, from the media. I always felt and this part of this message was from years ago, but I've always felt that the news is always pitting people against each other. You got to detoxify. God is God of love. We got to remember that. Politics, you know, if, if you want real world news, I'm going to give it to you. If you like news, this is the good news. This is the good news. This is the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. And the good news is we already know how it's going to end, right? Amen. So detoxify your life. I 
had to stop listening to certain types of music. I had to stop watching certain types of shows because what was going in was coming out. You know, hey, I love me some gangster rap. You know, I'll crip walk up here all day. I grew up being a wannabe. You know, I used to have cornrows in my hair. Like, they called me a wigger. But, you know, I just, I was part, I love everybody. So it's not anything like that, you know. Most of you know my story. I lived in a black, with a black family for a number of time, for a long time. I was the only white person in a Baptist church on the choir, but they didn't require me to have a mic, thank God. They just needed people up there. Like, you know, have, has anybody ever seen the movie Sister Act? You know, that was me with the gown. But I had to stop. I had to take an inventory on the things that I was putting into my life, into my ears, into my spirit, into my soul. Is it life-giving or is it life-taking? Is it nourishing or is it taking? You always got to think that. You need to take inventory. And, hey, I hate to say it, but that's people too. I don't know what that looks like for you, but I had to detoxify my life from negative people, people that weren't going in the same direction as I was, people that weren't, didn't have a purpose on their life, people that didn't have a call of God on their life. Although I'm called to connect with those people and pull them into God. I just had to learn this, and this is a principle that I learned. I learned to stay connected but out of reach. I learned to stay connected but out of reach because if you're connected to them, you can still help them. You can still minister to them. You can still put life-giving love into them, but they're far enough away that they can't pull you down. They're far enough away that they can't drag you into the habits of the past. They can't pull you into the habits that they have. And I begin to surround myself by life-giving, nourishing people that were on the same projection, that were on the same path that I was on. And, and like it says in this book that, that God's going to pave a way in the wilderness. God paved a way for me to, to surround myself with people in the direction that I was going. And I once heard this, and again, some of this stuff comes from all over the map, but the five people that you're closest to is who you're going to become. The five closest people to are who you're going to become. I had to take an inventory of those five people that I grew up with. What are they doing? What am I doing? And I begin to detoxify from those people and find the five people that were doing the things that I wanted to do. Like, I want to hang out with Michael Elman. Like, what is he doing? How does he look so good for being 50? I'm only 10 years away, so I want to, you know, I want to be, do, and have the things that these people had. And I believe God sets that up for you. He brings people into your life as a way for you to be able to get more out of it. kind of like the disciples in Jesus. Just think of that. Jesus, the Messiah, he surrounded himself. You know, they weren't all great, Judas obviously, but there's a purpose to everything, right? You got to protect yourself because your calling is the utmost important thing. John 10:10 10, 10 says, "The thief only comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that there may be that they may have life and have it to the full." A, can everyone say A? The next thing in A is alignment. Are you in alignment with God? Again, are you in alignment with God? How do I get into alignment with God, Pastor? You're in his word. You're in his word. God will speak to you. He will breathe to you through his word. How else am I in alignment with God? Ask. Pray. 
right? It says in Matthew 7, 7, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Keep knocking. Keep asking. Pray. We've talked about it. We're in the midst of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, right? That's action. I'm aligning myself with Christ. I'm taking action by starting my year fasting for 21 days. Part of the 21 days is this. We're in God's word. We are praying every morning, 630 in the morning, sleep in our eyes, whatever it looks like, on the way to work, in the car. We are praying. We are seeking. We are asking. We are aligning ourselves with God in the beginning of the year so he can continue to speak into you for this year. We're in a relationship with God. Speak to him. You know, I used to think this, you know, oh, I have to pray, but I got to go somewhere where it's very quiet and secluded, and and then I got to pray. So I started doing that. But every time I did that, I realized this. Something would happen kind of funny. The kids would start screaming or fighting. The neighbor's dog, mysteriously, they didn't have a dog, but somehow there's a dog barking that's kind of distracting me. There's somebody knocking on our door soliciting stuff. You know, the phone's ringing. Everyone needs something. So what I just learned is this, to be in connection with God throughout the day, all day, every day. You know, Father, I'm just here, God. I'm walking to my car right now, God. I'm on my way to another business meeting, God. I just pray over this meeting, God. I just pray over you to bless me so I don't get in an accident, God. I pray over these people in the 405. God, I just pray, God, thank you for my family. Thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for my church. Thank you for 21 days of prayer and fasting, God. I get in my car. I put worship music on. Then I'm driving. I'm praying, God, thank you. Just thank you, God. Continue to work in me. Continue to show me discernment this year. Continue to move in my life this year. Seek him. You know, Jesus did constantly withdraw to pray, if you think about it. That's why I thought I, I would, I, you know, I got Jesus did it, so I got to do it. But Jesus was always praying, even to the cross. He was always, Father, may your will be done, not mine. So how do we not know if we ask? The other thing is we need each other. Ask for help. Find a friend. You know, we've already detoxified our life. We've already put life-giving people in our life. Ask. Now, I'm, I'm going to, there's a disclaimer. You, you understand why I put pray before ask a friend, right? Because I'm, I'm encouraging you to go to God before you ask a friend. Trust me, anytime a tough situation happens, the first thing I'm doing is I'm like, oh, my God, I need to call Brittany. And then I got to remember, whoa, 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 what's she going to do? Let me go to my father first. Let me go to my father first. It gives me perspective. Maybe I'm calling her emotionally, like, you can believe what happened to me today. This guy. But if I slow down and I stop and I, Father, what's going on? I'm so mad right now. Stop me. Help me. Then I have more clarity when I call her. Maybe I'm like, God, this is what happened. What do you think? You know, I used to be pretty strong back in the day, you know. I just turned 40 this year. This jacket probably makes me look pretty buff. But I, you guys like this, by the way? This is what I figure. This is the new California style because it's really cold in the morning. Then it kind of warms up in the afternoon. So this is kind of a, a hybrid of both. It keeps you warm, but then it's, it doesn't have sleeves, so you're not sweating, you know? <laughs> so, sorry. But I used to be pretty, pretty strong when I was younger, right? 
I used to go into the gym and, you know, I, whatever, I wanted to be a power lifter and all this. I used to go in there and warm up and I'd be bench pressing like over 300 pounds by myself. And people would walk by like looking at me like, hey, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. But there was a point in time where, you know, after a few sets of lifting heavy, I need a spotter. You know, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do this by myself. I don't know. So then I'm scanning the room. Who doesn't have headphones on? And who do I think is going to make eye contact with me so I can wave them over? But you need a spotter in life sometimes. You go to God first, and then you ask your spotter, hey, I, you know, I, I've been praying about this. I need you to pray with me. I need you to pray with me. You know, I'm in this situation. I'm in this circumstance. I don't know what it looks like. I've been going to God, but I need your help. I need to talk about this. I need to get it out. I need a spotter. Will you spot me? You know, I work out at home now, and there's occasionally I'm, like, getting ready to do stuff, and now I'm not as strong as I used to be, so I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm yelling in the house, babe, babe, will you come spot me? She's like, walks out, and it's like, I can't spot you on this. Like, what do you, you know? So, but still, what does she do? She gets behind there, you know, no matter what. And I'm like, I just maybe need a little help, you know. And I'm like taking it, and I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm kind of getting to the top, and she just gives me a little nudge. That little nudge sometimes is all you need. That little nudge is sometimes all you need. You ask because, let me, re- let me start this over. I'm getting excited here. You don't ask because you're weak. You ask because you want to remain strong. You want to remain strong in the Lord. You ask not because you're weak, but because you want to remain strong. And sometimes this world weakens us. The things that we're seeing that are coming into our ears and our eyes all day wears us down and we're weak. And we need to remain strong in the Lord. Come on. R is this. Refocus. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Come on, that's Romans. That's Apostle Paul speaking there. You know, we are, we are refocusing in the beginning of the year with this 21 days. I hope you're, I'm trying to sell you on 21 days too. So if you haven't caught that by now. Part of this is a sales pitch on why you should be doing it. But we start the year by fasting to refocus. Let all the other junk go to detoxify our lives, to just push some of that stuff away, the appetite-denying disciplines, you know. I love chocolate chip cookies. Don't make me one, but I love chocolate chip cookies. At the end of the year, I was just like, I don't even care. I'm starting the year strong. Next year, I'm just going to eat whatever I want, do whatever I want. And I started to feel it, you know, a little, you know, that's why I'm wearing the poofy jacket. But I started to feel it a little bit. But as we started the year, I begin to refocus. I begin to refocus. I change those things. We're starting with 21 days. I'm fasting 21 days of no sugar, no certain foods and different things that I let myself go. And, you know, for us, as a church, we always talk about naming your year. Jackie was up here. She talked about naming your, we're going to name our year this year. We've been doing that as a family for a number of years. And I just kind of admitted to you that I lacked the discipline at, at the tail end of last year. Well, if I can be really, really honest, I think it started in 2020. You know, everything was kind of shut down. The world was kind of spinning, turned upside down. And I began to lose focus on some things. 
I became out of discipline on some things, my eating, my working out patterns, you know, certain little things that, you know, I once read in a book that if a plane takes off from L.A. and it's going to New York and it's one degree off course, it lands in like New Jersey. You don't realize sometimes how much we are going off course. One degree, that, that, I mean, from here to there, that, that's not much. But how far off trajectory are you when you're trying to get to an ultimate goal or destination? So we refocus. But I, I, I lost, I was off. My trajectory was off. I lacked discipline. So what we did is we, we prayed and we went through. And this year, our, the theme word for our family is discipline. Thinking the discipline's back. You know, whether it's eating, whether it's health, whether it's budgeting, whatever that is, it's finding the discipline to be in the word. I'll, I'll be honest. There was days I'm like, uh, I, I, I love the word, but I'm just, I'm not feeling it today. Turn worship on in the car. I'm like, I'm not feeling it. Sports talk radio. What are they talking about? I'm not feeling this. I begin to lack the discipline in the things that, and the patterns that God had set in my life. And I begin to feel it. So we came up with the word in our family of discipline. And, you know, that theme is resonated throughout this whole thing. It's being disciplined in those things. It's refocusing. I'll give you a bonus R. Rest. Margin. Jesus often rested. He often retreated. He often took a break. You know, we live in a fast-paced world, a fast-paced society where we're going and going and going and going and going and going and going. And sometimes we just need to stop for a moment. Pause. Rest, reflect, have that selah, that time where we can just let God speak, let God move in our life. Matthew 11 says, and learn from me, I'm gentle and humble. You will find rest for yourself. My yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. We need a rest in the arms of our heavenly father. We need a rest in the arms of our Lord. All right, Eli's up here. That's, I got to speed up. Sorry. All right, worship team, if you want to come up, too, I don't care. Y'all can come up. I'm almost done. We're on T, right? Right, right. We're on T. This is the most important one. This is, the, this is where we hit home. Trust. We need to trust God. We need to trust the Lord. Proverbs 3 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust is an attitude, friends. God is in control. He is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. You know, like I mentioned earlier in the story, um, as we drove to the hospital that morning, we ultimately trusted God with what he was going to do with the outcome. We ultimately trusted that God was in control. We ultimately trusted what God had for us in that next year. And through the pain, the hurt, and the confusion of losing a baby, our faith never wavered because we trusted God. We were founded on the rock. A few months later, we found out, like, literally, you lose a baby, and then they're like, you guys have to wait a certain amount of time. And we're like, oh, okay, I wonder how long it's going to be. We are kind of still hurt, so we're like, we're not even going to think about it. Then a few months later, we found out we were having an, another baby that we were expecting. 
You know, as nervous and as scared as we were, we trusted. We trusted God. We knew that, hey, whatever happened then isn't going to happen again. And like I said, God pulls purpose at every situation. We lost that baby. But you want to know what else happened? So did about four or five other people in this church and around us in our group. So we were able to minister to people, understand where they were coming from, where their hurt was, where their pain was. Come alongside them and say, hey, we're hurting too. We're praying too. We're believing God too. But we're trusting God's going to come through. We're believing and trusting that God's going to provide for you. We're trusting and believing that God's going to provide for us. And that trust led to this. Go ahead and put up the next picture. December, again, December of that year. Again, all of us in December of that year, we had Wyatt. And many of you see Wyatt running around here with his long hair now, six years old. But he was what we considered a miracle at the time because we trusted. We trusted God. So... But forget all of that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create uh, rivers in the dry wastelands. So we're starting. We're set sail on this year. And I want to encourage you, we start by stopping. If you're not in our 21 days of prayer and fasting, I encourage you to pray and think and see what God's going to have you do. Maybe that's serving. We take inventory of our life and the things that we are letting get into our ear and our heart and our spirit. We detoxify. We align ourselves with God. We get into his word. We pray. We ask. We refocus. We find rest in our Heavenly Father, but ultimately we trust. We trust. Can I get you to stand up for me real quick? Father, we just, we just thank you, God. We just thank you this morning, God. And as we stand here, we just trust you, God. As we have launched into this new year, God, we just trust, God, that you're going to make a way for us, God, that no matter what's going on and spiraling, spiraling around in this world, God, that you are peripheral to all of that, that you are bigger than all of that. We just trust, God, that you're going to bless this house, God, that you're going to bless the people in this house, that you're going to open doors, that you're going to provide jobs, God, that you're going to open windows, God, that your contracts are going to come, God, that, that applications are going to be accepted, God, that houses are going to come, Father God, that people are going to be anointed, God, that, that people will be healed, God, that addiction will be broken, that new things will come, God. And as we embark on this journey, God, we are trusting you ultimately, God. And we are thanking you in advance for working in our lives, God. We are thanking you in advance for the seed that's being sowed this morning, God. We thank you in advance for working and for doing a new thing, God. We see it, we believe it, and we declare this morning, God, that you are a miracle-working God, that you're going to work miracles over this year, God, that you're going to do a miracle in our nation, God, that you're going to do a miracle in this world, God, that nothing is going to stop what you have coming, Father. And we just love you, and we just thank you, and we just praise your holy, mighty name.